probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... James Stacy, writer and director in Atlanta. Cool. Thanks for rounding out the week with us, James. Thank you for having me. Like I said before, I love The Thing. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, so uh, today we are talking about minute 20 of the movie. So this is a minute that begins with the uh, the big reveal of the corpse with the frozen slit wrists and ends with the doc and McCready dusting off some stuff and trying to figure out what happened in this space. So um, this is one of the probably one of the main highlights of this this section of the movie where they're kind of, uh, you know, exploring this kind of haunted house of the Norwegian camp. Um, it's one of the first big um, special effects sequences in the movie as well it actually i think it probably is the first real special effects shot in the movie and i want to say this is one of the first ones they actually shot in in production as well because i I think i've i've heard that uh they brought the the corpse onto the stage and they were filming it and rob botine was very very sensitive about how it looked and was was worried that it looked too fake and kept telling them to turn the lights even farther down to to kind of hide hide things but I think it looks fantastic. It's one of my favorite effects in the movie. It's one of the one of the ones that doesn't really get talked about because some of the other ones are so kind of outrageous and, and you know creative. But this one just looks great and is very very unsettling. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely stands out as because it's it's probably the most human effect out there because um, a lot of it's more humans that are turning into aliens and the aliens that are turning into human midpoint kind of thing um and this is like one of the few corpses and it definitely sets the tone of how terrifying being out there by yourself can be as you're being hunted and stalked and just not knowing what's going to happen and it's uh it's also like like we've been saying about the whole uh walking in has been shot beautifully the flashlight reveals only what you need to at the right moment um, there's those pools of light, the, uh, the, the science beakers full of, uh, different color li- liquid and just a mostly like white and gray and black setting. And it's just, it's more of a, more of the great same stuff. Yeah. I, I think you hit it on the head that, that this, this part is, is really effective because that, uh, this whole setup with, with the guy in the chair is, is a very human kind of, um, terrifying thing it's not a creature it's not something from another world it's you know looking at just this shot alone you could almost guess that this had nothing to do with an alien you know that it was just like the the loneliness and the isolation of of where these guys were caused this guy to commit suicide or something so it's very it's really unsettling and then i mean just the the frozen blood is just a great effect and you know a very memorable way to, to kind of portray it but the fact that you, they show the the blood trail and then the wrists and then, you know, suddenly cut to, you know, seeing that he's sliced, you know, halfway through his neck, too, is, is really kind of a shocking moment. 
mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's interestingly is not played at, at all for as a jump scare either. It's even though it, it easily could have been um, and in, in, in another movie, it probably would have been. It's just a it's a very gruesome thing. But the fact that it's kind of fro- literally frozen, but also just kind of frozen in time makes it more of an unsettling, grotesque thing than than something that, you know, makes you jump. Yeah, they definitely treat it as a very somber moment for sure. And yeah, I think the uh, the doc's reaction to it and just, you know, what the hell happened here definitely really sells, you know, that this just something so, so awful happened here. And it just, I mean, you know, seeing seeing the, the base destroyed is one thing, but then seeing a guy who not only, you know, took his own life, but, you know, cut his wrists and tried to cut his own throat is, um, you know, just very kind of dark and, uh, you know, is is one of those things that I, you know, given how gory the rest of this movie is, I wonder if this was one of the spots that, that they were particularly worried about, uh, you know, when they submitted it to the MPAA. They were really worried this was going to get an X rating and, you know, were very happy that it came back with an R rating. But so I, I would guess that this is one of the scenes that might uh, might have given them trouble just because, you know, like you said, the other scenes are very kind of fantastical. There's, you know, it's a, it's a creature. So the gore is obvious, you know, in any common sense will tell you that it's fake, but something like this is maybe a little bit more realistic in the sense that yeah. it could happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I actually, I really like the way that the corpse looks. It's very, it looks like a, um, like a model, like it is, it kind of has that sort of resiny look, but it works really perfectly given that it's supposed to be frozen. Mm-hmm. And and just the fact that they've kind of dusted it with, uh, I'd be curious to know. I'd, I'll have to ask somebody who works in special effects, maybe, um, what they use to kind of give it that. I mean, maybe it's just fake snow. I don't know, but they it, they got that those kind of crystals that are have kind of formed all over it too. So it looks very realistically frozen. Just that idea of the the blood that's pouring out, and it's so cold that it just freezes as it's coming out of his wrist is just such a visually striking thing. Yeah, before it can even like stop dripping, it's already frozen yeah it's crazy um yeah and and, you know i guess on on the other side of you know this it obviously really sells just how scary and how you know how um ominous the whole situation that they're in is it also really sets up just how freaking cold it is (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so uh yeah and i mean like, like you mentioned it um this whole after that this whole scene really just continues the the how they set it up before with you know, the very kind of voyeuristic, how you're seeing them through, you know, some shelving and through some other things. And, you know, they did a great job of kind of decorating the set to give it a real kind of lived in look. It, it, you really believe that this was a, an actual functioning base that got destroyed and, and it's just kind of frozen over, over, you know, a couple of days or, or a week or whatever. So, yeah, I, I like as they're kind of walking through, you know, you get that there's some kind of steam being released in the background or, you know, something's going on back there. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the test tubes give that kind of little splash of color. And yeah, just the whole setup is, is just great. It's like, you know, this only covers, you know, a few minutes of the movie, but they obviously sunk a lot of effort into to kind of creating that vibe and, and giving it that look. Yeah. Uh, there's an episode of The X-Files that pays homage to uh, the thing. It's called Ice. And I think they make it take place in Alaska just so that way um, the FBI has a reason to be in there because they can't really go to Antarctica. They don't have (laughs) jurisdiction. Um, But there's a lot of the same uh, motifs, the same feeling of isolation and just uh, 
a small number of people trapped out in the middle of a snowstorm in a in a uh, an Arctic research base, and it's it's definitely one of the best early episodes of uh, the X Files. And um, what's funny is uh, their helicopter pilot is one of the first people to die in the episode. <laughs> so uh, I find that funny, and um, it's a great episode, and it shows just like how f- influential this movie became in the future, despite not making much of an impact when it first came out. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I, um, you know, that's one of the things that gets talked about, uh, that X-Files episode definitely gets brought up, um, you know, in, in from fans of this movie. And, uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember watching that and about, you know, 15 minutes into the episode going like, wait a second. Like, I think, I think I know what this is. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it is, it's a great thing to kind of show. Obviously, like I said, how influential. But um, you know, it makes for a great episode of that show too because it is it is pretty early. I want to say it's like it's either first or second season, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, they they had had an episode called Fire, and then they did the, this one, that one called Ice. But it, it's a it's an unsettling episode too because uh, you know taking this concept of people maybe not being who you think they are, and then applying that to characters that you've you know. Even though it was early in the show, there's still, you know, there'd been probably 10 episodes or at least up to that point. So you've gotten to know these characters and, and like them. And then to to have this episode where suddenly one or both of them might be, you know, not who they say they are, might be. I think it's like a parasite in that specifically that's taken them over mm-hmm. is uh, it's really effective. I think it was smart of them to kind of take this concept and use it for that episode. And that's one I definitely need to revisit and see if there's some kind of, I'd be surprised if uh, Chris Carter didn't throw in some, some in jokes to kind of tie it to this movie. Oh, I'm sure. I bet. It's been a while since I've seen that episode as well, but I remember the first, or I can't remember which one I saw first, if I saw ice first or if I saw the thing, but I'm sure there's tons of stuff that I never picked up on when I first saw it. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, X-Files, especially towards the later years, I think they do that a lot where they um, they kind of take an idea from a from a movie and that they, you know, that kind of fits with the feeling of the show. Like, I think uh, towards the very end of the show, they even do one that uh, is, is very kind of Terminator-esque, which is pretty funny given that at that time, Robert Patrick is the, um, you know, <laughs> is the main detective in the show. So it was kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek tie-in, I guess. But yeah, I think they did, they did that a lot with X-Files where they kind of, take an idea from a popular science fiction or horror movie and, and kind of play with it when, in their universe, which is pretty, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So let's see, I'm trying to think uh, what else specific to this minute. Cause it, yeah, it is outside of that corpse. It, it's a lot of kind of the same, same stuff we've been, uh, we've been seeing, but yeah, this one just sort of, uh, you know, I think this is probably the climax of the, uh, the Norwegian camp scene. The, the last thing we get to, uh, you know, in, in a couple of minutes uh, right after this is them finding, finding the empty uh, ice block where, where the creature originally was. And, and then as they're leaving, finding that, that creepy body that, uh, that they had tried to burn outside. But I think the slit wrist corpse is definitely the, the kind of climax of this scene and in, in seeing, you know, it's a horrific special effect, but it's also just sort of the absolute worst thing you can imagine when you're going to a place that is, uh, is kind of an analog for, for where you live. <laughs> so these guys fly out to this other base of, of you know, a similar, very similar setup, you know, a bunch of scientists out in, in the remote Antarctic wilderness and seeing just how bad things got there and how quickly it happened is, is pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great setup for 
the characters later on, the setting, and just creates great tension as far as for the characters and the audience to show this is what could happen, is it? Stay tuned, find out. <laughs> yeah, and I like too that it's not um, you know, it's not so such a one to one tie in. Like it's not like we see this and then later in the movie somebody slits their wrists at the American camp or you know, it's 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 kept mm-hmm. just just vague enough but but just you know, just the right amount of detail that you see you get the kind of atmosphere and the sense of what could happen, but without, you know, kind of spoiling what's going to happen exactly in their camp. Cause it obviously gets, gets pretty crazy uh, later on at, uh, at outpost 31. So yeah, it's, it's just the right amount of, of, uh, of creepiness to add to the, add to the vibe of the movie and, and give that sense of foreboding. A great, great scene. Yeah. Cool. So I think, um, I think that'll probably wrap us up for, uh, for minute 20. So this is uh, this is your your last episode of the week, James. Any anything else you want to kind of add to uh, uh, say about the movie? Your last crack at the bat here. Um, I really want to watch it again. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> that uh, I love this movie, and I can I've seen it many many times. It's it's something you can just rewatch and still get that sense of it's creepy, it's terrifying. It's it's just an exceptionally well done movie. It's one of those things that just blows my mind that how did people not like this when it mm-hmm. first came out? Like I don't understand how it could have gotten bad reviews. It's just to me it's it's one of the most perfect horror movies out there and I love it. I'll watch it many, many times in the future and um just I guess thank you for making me a part of this podcast and yeah. getting a chance to talk about it more. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad we're able to work it out, man. Um I, I definitely agree. It's one of those movies that, uh, you know, lately having started up this podcast, I've, I've watched it a whole bunch and I've watched it, you know, through with commentary and I've, I've watched, you know, I'm watching the minutes as we go, as, as I'm talking with people, but you know, every single time I, I do it, I, I still have the same feeling as I did the first time I watched it, which is, you know, a testament to, you know, like we said that so many modern horror movies rely on that twist as being the reason to, to watch the movie. And, and so the second time you see it is not really the same experience, but you know, I've seen this movie probably 10, 15 times at this point, And I, you know, I still love it every single time I watch it. I still get those, the same chills down my spine at the same spot. So that's one of the signs that this is a, uh, you know, one of those timeless classics that'll, uh, you know, live on as, as we just passed the 35th anniversary and it's still, still one of the greatest uh, horror movies out there. So Cool. So thanks so much for coming on this week, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So that wraps us up for another week of The Thing Minute. So again, uh, make sure you're checking out the website for any updates and things like that. Uh, We're hopefully going to be doing some special edition episodes at some point where we talk about some stuff uh, outside of the minutes, but, you know, still related to the thing. So working out some ideas for that and other uh, other thing related stuff I'll post on there every once in a while so definitely keep an eye on that as, as well as the Facebook and uh, Twitter pages and then of course um, make sure you subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode and uh, if you uh, if you want to support the show the best way to do that is uh, to go to thethingminute.com and at the very bottom of the page there's a link to Amazon if you click on that anything you buy at Amazon after you click that link uh, we we get a, a small portion of that of that sale so that helps uh, you know cover hosting costs and things like that so uh, if you like the show and like what we do that uh, we would greatly appreciate you trying that out but uh, yeah thank you so much for listening and uh, make sure to come back next week for another episode of the thing minute thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please go to thethingminute.com There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. 
You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Thank you.